0: Welcome to the Cinema Rag, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissist actors, directors, and producers. Here we'll laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does, and they've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory.
1: And this is May
0: and welcome back to another episode of the cinema rag i hope you're doing well today today we're starting the inaugural series on director versus director which is a unabashedly ripoff of our series actor versus actor and in this inaugural episode we're going to look at the works of quentin tarantino and christopher nolan we're going to discuss their works discuss their strengths and weaknesses and ultimately decide who we think is a better director if you're new to the Cinemarag, I, I definitely recommend you check the back catalog. By the time this comes out, there's probably 130 episodes. And we have talked about directors in the past. Uh, most famously, I did an episode probably in the first 10, which is more important, the screenwriter, the director or the actor in, in the success of a given project. And then of course, we've done the actor versus actor series. You've probably done about eight of those by now. We've done Kidman versus Blanchette. Affleck versus Damon, Christian Bale versus Leo DiCaprio, Julia Roberts versus Sandra Bullock and so forth. So today we're going to do DiCaprio. I'm sorry. Today we're going to do Tarantino versus Nolan. May, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. How about you?
0: All right. I'm doing all, all right.
1: All right, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All yeah. right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> my Texan,
0: my Texan boy McConaughey poised to take over the Yellowstone franchise. I know you don't watch that show.
1: Oh, yeah. That, that I think that's a good move on their part.
0: I think it's a good move too. And you know, the, yeah. the, the, the coasts, the the coasts don't care about this this show, the east coast, west coast, you know, intelligentsia, but over flyover country, Yellowstone is a big deal. It's a big show. Yeah. Taylor Sheridan spin-offs. Either way. So we picked Tarantino and Nolan because they have one thing in common in that they both direct as a whole, because Tarantino has written movies that he's not directed, but they direct and write their projects, their works, mm-hmm. and they are contemporaneous with each other. Tarantino probably got started a little earlier. And so we thought it'd be a good comparison because there are directors, for example, that are very well-renowned like David Fincher, but Fincher doesn't necessarily write his own work. So we thought it'd be good to do somebody, to do two men who are very well-regarded, who are contemporaneous with each other and uh, essentially have done the same writer-director combo.
1: Right, and they don't have a whole lot in their filmographies really. I mean, I think Tarantino has nine movies. Yes. And Nolan has 12, so.
0: There's rumors as to allegedly that the, the the tenth and last of the Tarantino's, and who knows if he's going to stick to this? He could be, you know, just BSing about only doing 10, 10 mm-hmm. works. But it's supposed to be about film critic. That's what the leak is about. Like we we don't know if it's like a rip off of Pauline Kale, the great the great movie critic of the 70s and 80s. There's there's just a lot of rumors. Nothing's been substantiated as of yet. Even if there's a legit uh, script out there, but he's supposed to only do 10. So let's do a quick look at each of their works and then we're gonna kind of talk about what we like and what we don't like about their works and how our views of them have changed as we have aged. Because I think that is really important. Do you wanna do Tarantino's works or do you wanna do Nolan's works?
1: I'll just go ahead and do Tarantino.
0: Okay, so I'll do Nolan then first. We're just gonna skip and get to his main ones. Memento, I think, is his first uh, big hit. That was Guy Pierce, if I remember correctly, because it, it's been some times that I've seen this. It's the guy who has an amnesia, and then all he knows about what happened is a series of photographs. Is that correct?
1: Yes, he has amnesia. And the the thing about the the movie is that it's done in reverse chronology. Yeah. So Everything that has that should happen at the end of the film happens at the beginning, and then every scene is goes backwards Mm -hmm. to the very beginning of the film. So the beginning of of the film is at the end of the film. So that's his his big.
0: That's the beginning of the Inception slash Tenant mental mind games that he plays with us (laughs) in his movies. Uh, what's your take on Guy Pierce really fast? He's had a, I think, we talked about an underrated actors, right? Wasn't he one of your top ten underrated actors?
1: He is, and I do think he did a terrific job in Memento. I mean, I think he was yeah. all eyes were on him, I think, and on on the screen. And then of course, Carrie Ann Moss plays the the female mm-hmm. lead. And I, I do think that he does an excellent job in this film. And, you know, I mean, it is very much psychological, as you say. So, yeah.
0: All right. In 2002, he does Insomnia. That is the Pacino Mm -hmm. Robin Williams movie that takes place in Alaska. Given that I had lived in Alaska in the late 90s, I was really keen on this movie, even though it was not I don't I don't believe it was filmed in Alaska, but it's, it's a movie about a cop that has insomnia and he's trying to. Tried down a serial killer. I'm not, I, we don't need to do basic plot points of these movies because I think most no. people you pretty well know. Then he does it is, a, it is a remake of a 97
1: Norwegian film. Oh, is it?
0: Okay, thank you for that. Yeah. Then he does the Batman trilogy starting in 2005, Dark Knight in 2008, and Dark Knight Rises in 2012. Man, you can talk about these movies more than me because I've, I've <laughs> admitted that I have seen Batman Begins. Fell asleep, I know this is blasphemy fell asleep during the dark night and oh, never Dark Night Rises.
1: Gosh.
0: So between it, it that, that yeah, seven-year period, hold on, let's let's just do the other two movies really quickly before that, and you can talk about. It. In that seven-year period where he does the three Batmans, he does The Prestige in 2006 with Hugh Jackman. And I think mm-hmm. I remember that movie in that the, the Illusionist, the Ed Norton, Jessica Biel movie also came out around that time. And so it was kind of like these two movies kind of had to do with with magicians. And then uh, I I, I saw that movie one time. I I don't think I remember seeing it much, but it's him and Bale, right? And they're trying to one-up each other?
1: Yes. Yes, they're both magicians and they're trying to one-up each other. And uh, he also throws in uh, Tesla, the real man from back then, uh, to get in on it. and it it is, it's a very, I mean, it is a complex film. And you do have to watch carefully, I think
0: yes.
1: um, in order to understand it, but I it is well worth the watch. Yeah, definitely.
0: In 2010, between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, he does Inception, which I would probably argue is still his piece de resistance. And of course this has DiCaprio and a bunch of other people including one of my Sexy Saturdays, Miriam Cotillard. And again, this movie, uh, he was nominated. The movie was nominated for Best Picture. He was nominated for Best Director. He was nominated for Best Screenplay for Memento. I mean, this movie is amazing, right? I mean, it's just- the, the cinematography, the, the writing, the directing, the acting, just the concept of Inception is mind blowing. And the score is so great. The music right is so
1: great. And, uh, and one of the great characters in there is Ken Ken Watanabe yeah and he actually kind of plays like this mystical kind of character where he stays um asleep I guess in the dream world for too long I guess and he gets stuck there so but yeah I, I think it is a wonderful film with a great cast too um you have emily i believe her name was emily or elliot page um ellen page ellen page yeah she's in it as well as uh joseph gordon
0: levitt
1: yeah sure he's a very strong supporting cast member and uh yeah leonardo he he does an excellent job he has great chemistry with marion and uh a great movie
0: i mean the concept yeah. the concept and idea of this movie is just mind-boggling this is part of nolan's kind of concept and conceit is that he doesn't do standard movies and we're going to talk about some standard movies in a second mm-hmm. then in 2014 he does interstellar which i admit i've only saw, i saw this for the first time about a month ago uh again dealing with a lot of existential topics like a lot of his movies this is mcconaughey's movie with a little matt damon <laughs> little underperforming matt damon underperforming anne hathaway I think a Chastain is good in it. I would say she, is. she um, is. I think the movie's okay. I think I think I like how it deals with the father daughter kind of relationship, and it is quite moving. And I think it's 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 a fine movie. Then yeah. in 2017 he does Dunkirk, which is great. I think it's. I, I, think think it's I agree. Most... I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just saying that I agree that it's yeah. a, a fine science fiction film.
0: Yeah, it's and... a fine movie. In 2017, he does Dunkirk, which is probably his his most standard work, where it's it's essentially the the the, the bio movie with Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. and Mark Rylance. Then he does Tenet, and I remember Tenet being unique in that he released this in the summer of COVID, and he's like, "Yeah, I know people aren't going to the theaters. I don't care. I'm going to release this during COVID." And because of that. Uh, the money wasn't that good, but it had Robert Pattinson and who I perceive to be overrated in an EPO, John David, uh, Washington Denzel, son. And this movie is good. I think it, it's it's a fine movie. Uh, it's a fine movie. It's another one of those mind vendors that you really got to pay attention to. And then, most recently, by the time this comes out, it'll be maybe a month before Oppenheimer comes out mm-hmm. the movie about Oppenheimer, the guy who d- 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 uh, designed the atomic bomb. It's a World War II period movie with uh, Cillian Murphy, right? It has got the late Emily Blunts' wife and then it's got supporting roles with Damon and Robert Downey Jr. I I definitely want to see this movie. It's coming out the same day as Barbie. I'd be more inclined to see this movie in the theater than Barbie, but I'll probably wait until it's on streaming. Yeah, I
1: don't even want to watch Barbie. I don't, yeah. So if you, yeah. you look at his
0: main work since Memento, you're looking at Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This will be his eleven major work. Now, let, really quickly, since you're the Dark Knight expert more than me, what's your take on the three? Because I know, I mean, it, it, they're well, well-regarded, especially the second one, Revolutionary Bale. Your boy, he's Batman. What's your take on these three movies?
1: Yeah, this is definitely the the realistic version of of Batman: The Dark Knight. And I think that all three films uh, fit in well together seamlessly. Um, Of course, The Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker is considered the best one out of the three. Mm. But I do think that Dark Knight Rises is also um, a nice, uh, you know, a nice wrap that's the one with Bane, right? Isn't Thomas Hardy
0: Bane? Right, got that really deep voice.
1: Yes, and then you also have Michael Caine, who's in all three Michael movies Caine. too. Oh. And um, gosh, I forgot his name. The blonde. Who who are the girls?
0: Batman Begins. I've seen that's got Katie Holmes. Then Dark Knight's got who's
1: the the female Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's. Yeah. she's She's all right. And, and of course they, we have Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. <laughs> Dark Knight or Dark
0: Knight Rises?
1: And Dark Knight Rises. Okay. And, and so, oh yeah, and we also have Marian, uh yeah. Pateliar and it. Okay, all um, right. And so, yeah, they're, they're all three great films. And I do think that they're the best out of the Batman films. So, all right, let's
0: so, hit Tarantino.
1: Okay, so let me get to Tarantino here. Uh, First up, 1992, he did Reservoir Dogs. I just remember watching that when I was, uh, you know, still fairly young, I guess I was in high school still. And just thinking of the shock value, you know, of seeing what happens to this man, and um, uh, Michael Madsen, I believe. And I don't want to give the film away, even though it's been since nineteen ninety. Oh, come on. It's been
0: 30 years. Come on. He's got the Mexican... Okay. Well, he gets his
1: ears cut off, doesn't he, or something? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just think that was so
1: shocking to me. But it's a good film. It's it's definitely a solid uh, Tarantino film. And it has Harvey Keitel in it and also Tim Roth. So... it just makes you wonder, you know, like where, where Tarantino will go next after after Reservoir Dogs 92. So he goes to Pulp Fiction in 1994, which is probably one of my favorite films um, on my list, probably. Um, it has John Travolta, Uma Thurman, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, and he does incredible things here with the chronology of the film as well. Uh, not so much the reverse chronology thing but he actually he 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 cuts them up i guess the scenes and and into different the stories that are are woven interwoven together he he has them all mixed up jumbled up and Mm -hmm. you know tarantino actually kills off uh john travolta In the film, but at the end, it's all nice and happy because he's alive at the end of the film, even though it's a mixed up chronology. So, um, next up, Jackie Brown in 1997 with Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson, Mm -hmm. uh, Robert De Niro, Bridget Fonda, Robert Forster. Uh, This is a sort of what you might call a copycat film of like black exploitation films
0: shocking that tarantino would be copying another genre
1: yeah i mean Mm -hmm. i think he does this quite a bit um in all of his films he borrows from other directors or brown is
0: probably the movie that that i think coming off of pulp fiction was the most anticipated because it had been a few years since he had done Mm -hmm. you know his own work and i just remember it, it just thinking that it was all right. Samuel L. Jackson was playing essentially the same character from Pulp Fiction and De Niro was just, you know, that that buffoon De Niro that he does a lot in the 90s. and (laughs) I I just didn't think much of that movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had some good dialogue and I do think that that's Tarantino's hallmark, you know, some of his clever dialogue, especially in Pulp Fiction. But yeah, I don't think that it really is all that it's up to snuff i guess as far as one of his better movies or memorable movies. all right let's
0: get through his work so we can start lauding or cri- criticizing so
1: kill bill volume one 2003 and volume two 2004 um he borrows or steals a lot from you know kung fu master directors type things um with david Carradine, even like being part of that kung fu tradition as well um and you know, I do think Kill Bill One is probably the better movie than than Kill Bill Two. Kill Bill Two is just very long and slow. Yeah,
0: well, well and just Tarantino, Tarantino. Well, both of these directors like to do long movies.
1: Overly long. <laughs> well, movies. That's the ego. That's the
0: ego of these of, of these. Yeah.
1: Movies. Yeah. Right, Grindhouse. Guess- Have you seen Grindhouse? Yes, I have. And that's, that's one movie I've not movie. seen. No, I, you
0: know what? I've not seen Grindhouse and The Hateful Eight. Those are the only two Tarantino movies I've not seen.
1: Okay, but Grindhouse is, I think, more of a Rodriguez film. I think Tarantino just uh, produced it. No, 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 no. He it.
0: he wrote and directed Death Proof. He he. Planet Terror is the one that he didn't touch, but Death Proof he wrote and directed.
1: No, no, but I'm talking about grindhouse. Was not yeah. Brown House and that and that death was just proof. something he kind of produced, I think. No, but yeah, Brian there's death def- proof. He wrote and directed. Right, death proof in two thousand and seven. Correct, right. but I was talking about grindhouse, which you had mentioned earlier. Um, that I have not seen. I have not seen death proof. Okay. Um, but I, I do know what it's about. Kurt Russell being the lead, mm-hmm. and um. I don't know what you think of it. What do I've you not think seen it. That's good to oh, buy. You haven't seen it? Nope. Oh yeah, there's Rosario Dawson in it too as well. Okay. So I think I basketball. only saw parts of it. Um, and Glorious Bastards in 2009, when we've said that it's probably one of his greater films. Yes. Um, But it's also revisionist history again. Um, And it, it's, It's kind of something we can talk about later. It's it's sort of a sign of immaturity at some point when you talk talk about that. I would
0: agree. agree. But also
1: with Django Unchained in 2012, he has major revisionist history and it just turns into this bloodbath.
0: Shocking. Tarantino would have a bloodbath at the end. Yeah.
1: And Jamie Foxx is in it and Leonardo's good in it and Christoph Waltz. And then uh yes the hateful eight with samuel l jackson kurt russell jennifer jason lee in 2015. i have not seen that film and then once upon a time in hollywood 2019 with leonardo DiCaprio, brad pitt and margot robbie we both you know i i kind of i think the film is okay i think it's I think it's amazing. i don't think it's amazing I okay think well let's
0: get amazing. let's talk about these directors so just hot take: who desert island whose whose filmography would you take on a desert island
1: out of these two actually i mean i know i had said before in discussions with you that tarantino i would take but no not anymore because of the violence the excessive violence okay who? So i think i would take you? nolan
0: who is a more talented writer between these two?
1: Um, I think Tarantino is actually a pretty talented writer. Okay. Because of his clever dialogue.
0: Who so. is the more talented director? I would say
1: Nolan is. Okay. My answer. My
0: answer for these three is Nolan, Nolan, Nolan. Now look. I've talked about this with you and I've talked about in other episodes here, solo episodes. My opinion of Tarantino has evolved. When Pulp Fiction came out, I was in college. This is the age where a Tarantino movie will really stick to you, right? Because it was so revolutionary at the time. I had not seen Reservoir Dogs. I saw that after Pulp Fiction came out. And that movie, of course, to our Gen X generation is iconic. Just the 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 people that are in it, the writing, the the lines, you know, Marcellus Wallace, somebody lines. It just it's just, a it's it's so like imprinted in our Gen X psyche that movie. And then what what happened is the older I get, it seems like Tarantino's work is is stunted because I think he as a man is stunted. If you've ever heard him interviewed, and I I heard him interviewed most recently on on a Stern, he was on Stern I think last year. And the guy just talks and acts like he's still in his 20s. And I think that's <laughs> an appropriate kind of analogy because I think his movies are still like a, a movies done from a guy from the mind of a 20 year old. Just a lot of exploitation, a lot of gratuitous violence A lot of clever lines that 55 year olds wouldn't find that clever, but 22 year olds would find very clever. And just a lot of just, it's just immature. I find his work, the older I get, to almost be May, almost be unpalatable. A lot of his works, I just don't want to go back. Well, I I, agree with you. You you can give your take on him in a second. And then my take on Nolan, to me, Nolan is like a fine wine, Nolan is sophisticated. Nolan's movies are infinitely more psychological, they're infinitely more existential, yet they can be entertaining, like he's demonstrated he can do action movies like with the Batman trilogy and with Dunkirk, But he, so he, he can do action, he can do drama, he can do sophisticated movies, and then I just compare it to like Tarantino, who's just like a child in a 50-something-year-old man's body.
1: He is, I think, and I I, I think that a lot of his, a lot of the problem is, is that he's always trying to correct what's already been done in the past through history. And including in the film that you said was amazing, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't think that's an amazing film. I think think okay, acting.
0: I think the acting is good. Okay,
1: you know, does get the
0: best out of his actors.
1: Overall, it's an okay film. I think you know he tries to go back into history again with Charles Manson, and say that oh wow, you know we got his whatever. Charles Manson's handy people, and um, and Sharon Tate is alive. Wow, great! You know, and that's just not the way life goes. It's a you have a problem with Tarantino because he changed
0: history. That's
1: yes, I, I do not like the way he is always going for that for that uh, bent in his films, and I think that uh, yeah, he is juvenile. He is immature. I, I don't have a
0: problem with him changing the the, the revision, especially because, I mean, there are other directors who do that. I, I, I,
1: I, 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 think, I think he does it, but he does it with a lot of juvenile tendencies, which is going for that excessive violence, you know, so. Um, I agree. I mean,
0: look, Kill Bill, I don't think I've seen Kill Bill since it came out. And the thing about Tarantino, I will give him credit and I think probably more than Nolan, is Tarantino gets the best out of his actors. If you look at Reservoir Dogs, I mean, there's really nobody that was that famous. You you got got Buscemi in that, you got Tim Roth, you got Cartel, of course, it's classic. And then Pulp Fiction, he gets the best out of, of Travolta, whose career was nothing. Samuel L. Jackson was essentially, you know, one of those that guys back then, and then this made him iconic. You look at, at Jackie Brown, he brought back Robert Forrester and uh, what's her name, Pam, uh, whatever her name was. And back, from, back, from, back from 70s nothingness. He gets great performances out of Uma Thurman. He gets great performances out of Brad Pitt. He discovers essentially Christoph Waltz. He gets an amazing performance from Fastbender. I know you're not a big fan of him, but he is amazing in the one scene that he's in. He gets really good. good performances.
1: And also Diane Kruger is very good. Yeah,
0: Kruger's good too. He gets an amazing performance out of DiCaprio who just steals Django. I think, look, I, I think Jamie Foxx is not that good of an actor. I don't think he does that great of a role. And then you look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, DiCaprio should have gotten the Academy. I don't know how many times I have to repeat this. Brad Pitt is doing Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. DiCaprio is a, it's just so good in that movie. So he gets the best out of his actors. I, I don't think that can be denied.
1: Yes, but you can't say that that the film as a whole is just going to be held by the acting
0: performance. No, no, I'm just saying that I think- I'm talking about more stories of too, you
1: know. I think
0: stories. he gets more out of his actors than Nolan does. If you look at Nolan's guys, I mean, look, if you go through each of his movies, Prestige, Hugh Jackman's great in that, Bale's great in it, but I don't know if it's iconic Hugh Jackman. And if you look at- Interstellar, Interstellar McConaughey's playing McConaughey. He doesn't get the best out of Anne Hathaway.
1: Well, I think Jessica Chastain did an excellent job. She's,
0: she's good in that. Tenet, yeah, I don't think Pattinson or, or Washington, or I just think that Tarantino, maybe because of these actors appreciate Tarantino more, or maybe it's just the directing style where-
1: It's, it's also the scripts to mm-hmm. the writing that yeah. he puts out to where the actors really enjoy what they're doing on screen because of them. But you didn't let me finish, you didn't let me finish talking about Nolan. Um, right. I think that Nolan's films, yeah, they are very sophisticated and refined. Um, his just, it's just his style. And I think he has a lot more range. If we're gonna talk about range as a director, um, he's done a couple of sci-fi films. He's done the, the uh, I guess the DCU films. Yeah. Um, but Memento, yeah, Memento is a is definitely something totally different. And movies aren't a higher level disturbing to some degree. So yeah. Andy does the actual war drama as well. Um, even though Tarantino did his version and an In inglorious bastard. Let's let's do what we
0: do with actor versus actor really fast. And and can this director do this work? Okay, so could have Tarantino. I mean, what would have a Tarantino Dark Knight trilogy been? Because there were there was talk that before they brought back Star Wars, that Tarantino was going to do the new Star Wars, and all the Tarantino geeks were freaking out. A Tarantino Star Wars would have been horrible. It's like putting right. Tarantino dialogue into Star Wars movies would not have done well. No. no. Okay, but what you you love the Dark Knight because Bale's in it. Could Tarantino like? What would a Tarantino Dark Knight trilogy be like?
1: I don't know. I think maybe I could see maybe a Joaquin Phoenix Joker. I mean, even though he he didn't do that one, I don't know who would be cast as Batman. I mean that that could be. Well, let's assume
0: it's still Bale though. Could um, Bale have done Tarantino's
1: writing? What would Tarantino's writing and directing like an oh, I a don't movie. think so. I don't think Bale would have done a Tarantino Batman.
0: <laughs> it just oh, would have been weird. No, but I'm not that. That's not my point. My point is like, if if it was the same past, but Tarantino was directing and writing Dark Knight, I think I don't see it being successful. I don't see it either, and I don't think he could have done a straight out drama like Dunkirk. And like, what would his oh. what would his Inception and Tenet be like?
1: Gosh, I don't even know about Inception because I don't think Tarantino could ever write something like Inception. The way Nolan You couldn't did.
0: conceive that
1: that premise. No, I don't think he's capable of, of conceiving that. Yeah, I don't. I don't conceive of it.
0: But then you look at you look at Nolan doing Tarantino work. It's like Tarantino's work is so embedded to be Tarantino that mm-hmm. like a a Nolan pulp fiction or a Nolan kill bill or a Nolan Django it would just be kind of peculiar.
1: Right. I don't think either one of them could would really choose to do either one's works, to be honest with you. Except maybe uh Nolan could possibly pull off a British reservoir dogs, maybe.
0: I think he could have done Inglorious Bastards. I think he could have done probably once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean it would have been different dialogue, of course. Mm,
1: yeah, I just I don't. I don't think he would have done once upon a time in Hollywood but yeah maybe in glorious bastard.
0: Okay, so we got about 8 minutes. Why do you think Tarantino is so loved by a certain segment of Hollywood, which is a large segment, let's be real. It's a large segment.
1: Well, mostly because he does embrace so much violence in his films because he's trying to desensitize the audience, I believe, with with so much excessive violence, but on the other hand, it's, it is juvenile too, to a, a large extent, but I do really respect him for casting Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. And, um, and it's just like Kill Bill 2 is just way too long. And and David Carradine, that, that last half hour to 45 minutes of that film, gosh, it should have just been cut altogether <laughs> probably. I think, but, um, I think
0: that was a good casting yeah. on Uma Thurman. I'd be interested to see like who else was up for that role because that 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 choice is perfect. I mean, she's beautiful. She's tall.
1: The time too. I think people were saying that maybe perhaps they were romantically linked somehow, but I don't know. I think that he did. Write that film for her practically
0: he, he has known and we're not going to talk about personalized uh, but you know he has bedded different starlets throughout his last sure. years he he got married not that long ago to an israeli model whereas nolan's been married to the same woman since the mid-90s okay um, tarantino to me is just again I, I i think i have a minority view i think you do agree with me but probably not as strongly i just have a revulsion toward his work and i just think his work is. It's like, there's been no progression on one level. Like his work is, is, it's like, I know your issue with it, that's bloody. And I just think that that's kind of happening now. Like you expect blood at the end of every Tarantino movie. And I think I would just like him on the 10th movie just to try something that's completely different. Try to work out of not what he typically does and try a movie that maybe is more psychological, whereas like Nolan's movies really makes you think about life. They really make you think about your existence. They make you think about relationships, the seven deadly sins. I mean, they, they are high concept. And Tarantino to me is just like eating cotton candy. It's tasty for a little while and then you get sick.
1: Sure, I, I agree with you. I agree with you about Tarantino. Um... And I agree with you about Nolan as well. So, uh, yeah, I think with Nolan, you will find that 50 years from now, we will probably be talking more about the Dark Knight trilogy and possibly also the prestige and uh, Oppenheimer
0: might get him his Academy Award. I mean, it, it's
1: maybe, it's, yeah, And we'll also be talking about memento still fifty years from now. But with Tarantino, I think mostly it's just going to be pulp fiction um, that will last in the memories of people and perhaps in glorious bastards. But again, I just think that it's it, it's a sign of his immaturity. You know, the excessive violence, but also the the change in history, so that's how I feel about Tarantino in the end.
0: Yeah, I just, I just think that, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just stunted, and his writing is just not as sophisticated as Nolan's writing. His, his view, his cinematography is just not as sophisticated. He's just not as sophisticated director and you know maybe some would say we should have compared nolan with michael mann or fincher with nolan you know the the more kind of highbrow sophisticated types but i thought it'd be good to do these two guys because they both direct and write and i think there's gonna be people that disagree i'll post a poll at the cinema rack because i think there are going to be a certain segment of the population i'll be like may gregory you guys are morons tarantino is Uh amazing but i think these people why are they amazing i think there's a I, I just think there's a demographic and a socioeconomic difference between who's gonna like who's gonna like a Tarantino movie as opposed to who's gonna like a Nolan movie. And maybe yeah, Tarantino
1: Nolan. is probably the, the the king of hip, you know, he's the hip guy. The hipster,
0: the hipster guy, character. the younger guys, yeah, the You know, books. he'll
1: always be young, you know, he'll he'll never get old. And so it- but with Nolan, he like you said, Nolan is like a fine wine that gets older with with age, but um, in a good way. So yeah,
0: I think the comic book geeks like Tarantino more. The hipsters like him more, and I would just say like a I wouldn't say a lower socioeconomic, but maybe a lower level of education would like Tarantino more, whereas Nolan is is high is is a little more highbrow. yeah, for good or for bad, right. I think he's a little more highbrow. Now we have a couple minutes left. Who's more likely to get their first Academy Award between these two? Oh
1: gosh, I think um, Nolan will because he's going beyond the 10 movies that right. Tarantino <laughs> supposedly- he might
0: was. give Tarantino the, because Tarantino got, did get best screenwriter, right? He got an Oscar for best screenwriting, I think. Yeah, he a, did. I
1: Bastards, think I for maybe. Pulp Fiction, was it, or? I think it? he was
0: nominated. No, you're right, he got it for Pulp Fiction.
1: Yeah, so he, he does have an Oscar, but Nolan does deserve an Oscar soon. Yeah, but neither um, of them has
0: won a best, their, their movies have not won Best Picture. I just think that maybe Tarantino's 10th would be the one they're going to give it to him because they think this is his last work. And as, as you mentioned, Nolan's uh, is probably going to continue working, God willing, for some time. Do you mm, have any closing remarks?
1: I just, I just hope that Christopher Nolan, he has such a strong following, yes. you know, especially among young people too. And older people, so I just hope he does get an Oscar eventually, you know, for writing or directing.
0: I would agree. In our last minute, what is your favorite Tarantino movie? What is your favorite Nolan movie?
1: My favorite, in terms of uh, rewatchable, like you
0: go back and watch it, like which of the his nine is the one that? Oh, definitely,
1: definitely, it is still Pulp Fiction by far, because of his screenplay writing in that film and the performances um my favorite christopher nolan film it could either be uh either the dark knight or pick one or now but actually i think i love interstellar interstellar is your number one a, it's such okay. a great science fiction
0: film for me i'd probably pick for tarantino ooh, I, I do like inglorious bastards because i'm a world war ii geek uh but once upon a time in hollywood and i just won't watch the last 10 minutes and then my favorite Nolan.
1: <laughs> what? I, that doesn't make sense. It has
0: all the vibes—the flame throwing, the guy. But I mean, it's so <laughs> gratuitous.
1: It's so stupid. It's so. Okay, so on. you could just pick *A Glorious Bastard* then.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll go with *Once Upon a Time* and just not watch the last ten minutes. Oh, and then that's, My favorite No, uh, This is my good. choice. My favorite Nolan is probably going to be. Man, um, I'll go with Oppenheimer. I have strong takes. I think Oppenheimer will end up being my favorite
1: one. Oh my gosh, you can't do that! Okay, you know, the one you've seen.
0: All right, I'll say Inception. All right, we got less than a minute. May I appreciate you coming on? All right, thank Take you. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the Rag today. Until next time.